This is Aaron Fishman. Before we started the show, a quick message from our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only this network's favorite sportsbook, but it's also the United States of America's top-rated sportsbook. While our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for gold, DK has a medal-worthy offer just for our listeners on the NBA beat. Listen to this deal. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if the U.S. wins any medal this year. That's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete standing on the podium and receiving gold, silver, or bronze this year. 100 to 1 odds on an offer like that doesn't come around too often. So sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all the action. DK Sportsbook is easy to navigate and has plenty of instructions for new bettors and nearly limitless ways to get involved. Our friends and family have been loving DK Sportsbook, and we suspect you will too. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's code TBPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. This is Eric Name from ESPN Milwaukee, and this is On the NBA Beat. You're listening to the On the NBA Beat podcast. A show packed with nuanced perspectives on the league's most important stories. Portland has three timeouts left. The Lakers have two. Bryant. To shot! LeBron James with no regard for human life! Jordan. Oh! A spectacular move by Michael Jordan! And now, your hosts, Lauren Lee Chen and the Twins. Aaron and Joshua Fishman. Hello there, it's Aaron. Thanks for tuning in. We have an action-packed show for you this week. Since the last time we spoke with Frank Madden, the Milwaukee Bucks managed to overcome a 2-0 finals deficit to the Phoenix Suns to secure their first franchise title in 50 years. Giannis, the Greek freak Adetokounmpo, pulled a Lou Alcindor and earned finals MVP honors though Giannis' historic 50 points in the Game 6 clincher was much more dominant. Alcindor, now known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, dropped 27 in Game 4 as the Bucks swept the Washington Bullets back in 1971. He averaged 27 for the series as well. Over the six-game victory, Giannis scored over 35 points per game, grabbed 13.2 rebounds per contest, five assists per game, in nearly 40 minutes, and this was all after severely injuring his knee in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Atlanta Hawks. Anyway, the aforementioned Frank Madden, host of Locked on Bucks and founder of SB Nation's Brew Hoop, returns for his second show in as many weeks. He had the pleasure of coming to town to attend Game 6 with his father, the same man who bought them season tickets nearly 30 years earlier, igniting Frank's lifelong devotion to the team. So Lauren asked him all about what it was like to experience the first Bucks title in his lifetime, and with his dad no less. For our second interview, I told you it was action-packed, Joel Graham of Gimme a Buck podcast talks with me as we zero in on Thursday's championship parade, 
which he proudly attended. On his podcast, he and his co-host bring on a different fan each and every episode. Usually it's a Bucks fan, but not always. As a contributing host, you'll be hearing a lot more from Joel in the coming weeks and months this offseason. So, without further ado, we'll begin with Lauren's scintillating conversation with Frank. Enjoy. Frank, thanks so much for joining us again. It's a pleasure to have you on. It is a pleasure to be talking about the Milwaukee Bucks. I, I haven't always <laughs> felt that way in 30 years of following this team, but yeah, I, f- I feel like the whole fan base is on a victory lap after what we saw on Tuesday and for me having a chance to, to be in the building and, and watch the Bucks clinch an NBA title with an historic performance from Giannis. It was um, pretty much the absolute fantasy of what I've always dreamed could be possible. I, I mean, I wouldn't have, I basically, if you had had me write up a script, I, I wouldn't even have had the guts to be so bold as to, to kind of write out what happened in this series and in that last game. So it's just still sort of pinching myself from time to time that it actually happened. Yeah, and last time we spoke, the Bucks were down 0-2 in the finals. You signed off that episode saying that you were crossing your fingers that the next time we talk would be under better circumstances. Here we are, four straight wins, one championship celebration later. Uh, I just want to get a general feeling. How are you feeling? And also, how much do you credit your appearance on this show for that turnaround? <laughs> I mean correlation versus causation uh who's to say but yeah it's uh it's funny i mean i i knew the odds of coming back were low um because i you know they went down 02 against brooklyn and you know i looked up what the historical numbers were and you know i think at the time it was like 87 percent of the time in those situations or, or actually no more than that 93 percent or something like that the team that was up 201 so Giannis at that point had had the one big monster game in game two that was obviously something to build on but down 2-0 without home court advantage, needing to win four or five against a team that, you know, was looking really good. And the Bucks uh, obviously have been a team that, you know, have had their shares of ups and downs in the playoffs. It was definitely not uh, a time where I was feeling a whole lot of optimism. So, you know, they, they proved me wrong uh, for a second time because I certainly wasn't, similarly wasn't all that optimistic after they got blown out in game two against Brooklyn. But yeah, I, I think, you know, fast forward a couple of weeks and I bought tickets to game six after they one game four because I figured, okay, we're going to get a game six. We'll see what happens. And I told myself, you know, I, I live in Austin, Texas. And I said, all right, if they win on Saturday in game five, I got to go up, you know, a chance to see my favorite team win an NBA championship. I mean, that's literally, if you're a Bucks fan, that's, you know, for most of us, a once in a lifetime opportunity. If you're a bit older, maybe that's a twice in a lifetime opportunity, but um, the chance to do that, you know, I couldn't pass it up. And Flew into Milwaukee on Monday night, got in at 3 a.m., got up the normal workday and went to the game with my dad. And the crowds were incredible. And, you know, the sense of excitement, but also anxiety was very palpable <laughs> knowing that there was a closeout game. And they certainly didn't make it, I guess, easy on us uh, the way that the game flowed and down to that fourth quarter, just needing a bunch of big shots. And Bobby Portis hit some big shots in the fourth quarter. Of course, Giannis was absolutely incredible. And then Chris Middleton as he's done so often in these playoffs, hitting a couple big jumpers late. And I, I just had tears in my eyes when inside 20 seconds, when it was obvious they were just going to have to foul. I, I kind of just lost it, you know, just thinking about the journey and the you know pain and suffering of, of being a Bucks fan in that weird way. It, it all kind of made it that much more satisfying just to, to finally know that, that your team is about to win a championship. And um, I think, you know, for a lot of people in that building and, all around the world, especially in the state of Wisconsin and city of Milwaukee, uh, 
a lot of people feeling really emotional to to finally see the Bucks breakthrough and, and not just breakthrough, but breakthrough with a bunch of really great guys. And of course, led by Giannis doing just, I mean, something that I, again, I wouldn't have even dared dream that, that he'd put up 50 in a closeout game. I mean, just, just an absolutely incredible historical performance from him. So, so yeah, just have been feeling on top of the world and, you know, didn't sleep a wink, uh, on, on Tuesday night celebrating. And then I headed to the airport at 7am and flew back home to Texas and, made it through the rest of the day. And I've been, let's just say as energetic as, uh, as, as I could possibly be all week, just again, still not coming down from the high of, of what we saw on Tuesday. And just, you know, again, kind of just trying to soak up the, the kind of overall journey that this team has been on, because it certainly wasn't easy, but in a lot of ways that that has made it all the more fun and, and rewarding at the end of it. Yeah, that sounds amazing. As you said, a once in a lifetime to experience that in arena, in the building for game six, close out, with, as many have noted, 65,000 strong in the Deer District outside the arena as well. It was probably even more meaningful that you were able to share that moment with your father who you brought with you, the guy who started your love for the Bucks. Can you talk about what it meant for you to share that moment with your father? Yeah, I mean, so we moved to Wisconsin. Um, so I'm, I'm 40 years old now. We moved to Wisconsin when I was eight. And early nineties is basically, I kind of just hit an age where I, I got into sports and, you know, really every sport basketball was kind of my first love and my dad picked up on it. And so 92, 93 season, he, he got us season tickets and, you know, that was kind of the spark to just get me so into basketball more broadly, but really the bucks specifically. And the nineties did not give us a whole, <laughs> whole lot to kind of latch onto. They were generally not very good. And, you know, drafting Glenn Robinson and then Ray Allen and eventually acquiring Sam Cassell led to the 2001 run. And I was in college at that time, had a chance to go to one of the Eastern Conference Finals games when I was back home from school. But I, I don't know, I, I honestly, like I never really felt like that team, you know, with the Lakers being the the juggernaut from the West, I, I never, I don't know, I never really felt real that that team could be, win a championship. And, you know, they kind of broke apart almost as quickly as they flashed in the pan with, with that run. And, so, you know, it was just always something where the Bucks were, you know, what I organized my my trips home at Christmas and, you know, in the spring, I'd sometimes make a trip just to, you know, time it so that I could go to games with my dad and my mom as well. When I would call them on the phone, that's that's often what we would catch up about or send emails, you know, just talking about how the team was doing and, you know, just one of those things that common ground and certainly for me not living in Wisconsin for two decades now, that, that's been just one of those sort of connective things that has kept me really feeling like I'm a Wisconsinite, you know, having um, the Bucks and the Packers and the Brewers to, to kind of root for and feel like I'm still part of, you know, this kind of broader community of fans. So, you know, my dad, my dad's still very active, doing well, healthy, but he's 81 years old and his balance hasn't been as good lately. So he actually walked three miles the, on Tuesday, but the day before my mom had actually texted me that, hey, I don't know if he's going to be able to go because you know, big crowds, uh, his balance and like going upstairs in a stadium, it may not be ideal. But you know, then on Tuesday, I talked to him, I was just like, hey, you know, whatever we have to do, you know, if you need to take me by the arm to feel comfortable, like whatever we need to do, let's do it. We got to see this game together. And, you know, he said, all right, let's do it. And yeah, I mean, to, to kind of come full circle from, you know, him taking me as a kid to to seeing it in person, I think, you know, that that was the first time I'd ever bought him tickets to to a basketball game. And uh, the irony was, it was probably the worst seats we'd ever had a basketball game. He He's had awesome seats for a long time. 
I paid more money for the worst seats than than we've ever had at any other game, and uh, you know we could not have been happier just to just to be in the building and you know experiencing that with with all the other people there. And I you know when I posted a picture of of the two of us and kind of gave the quick background on it, you know I had a a bunch of people tweeted at me that they were there with their dads or, you know, in some cases I had a friend who, who lost his father a couple months ago that was also like, you know, had that love of basketball. And, you know, I think that's one of those things like sports don't matter in a lot of ways, but, you know, when they can bring together communities, when they can bring together great friends, family members, there's so many people I've gotten to know because I've covered the Bucks and podcasts and written about them and the relationships that have been formed. You know, it's the uh, it's the old joke. You know, the the real championship was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> you know, that's kind of that's kind of what I was telling myself. I was like, well, if they lose, you know, at least this will be a reminder of all the people that I've gotten to meet and the relationships that you know basketball has helped kind of solidify or, or you know bring about. But thankfully, um, we got to have all that and the actual NBA championship at the same time. And you know, going and seeing my friends and meeting up with people after the game, it was just I don't know that I, certainly not since the pandemic started. I've definitely not hugged that many people in the last 18 months for sure as I did uh, on Tuesday night. It was just, you know, everybody was just feeling so euphoric about it. And, you know, other fan bases have kind of think gone through maybe similar things like probably like Toronto probably was a kind of a similar feeling with them never having won a championship and, you know, having their run. And, and I'm, I'm guessing, you know, like Dallas, for instance, right, when Dirk wins um, his championship, I imagine there were a lot of kind of similar feelings. But it's just, you know, especially when your team has struggled for so long and you just you carry so much baggage of always feeling like your team's not going to figure it out. They're not going to make the right trade or they're not going to make the right signing or your coach is going to make the wrong decision, you know, to finally get over all that and to know that Giannis won't have to deal with people saying he can't win a championship or can't rise to the occasion. Chris Middleton won't have to deal with the accusation. He's not good enough to be a number two on a championship team. It's just, it's just so awesome just to see, you know, again, a really good group of guys rewarded with, you know, coming through when it when it matters most. So there's that huge relief factor, and hopefully, um, you know, you guys know. And basketball Twitter can be a very cynical place, and it always will be a cynical place. But my hope is, Bucks fans, we can be a little bit, well, maybe a little bit less cynical, a little less jaded, and just a whole lot happier for at least for a little while, uh, coming off a championship, and just knowing that you know this team and these guys were able to do what uh, obviously they had been working so hard to do, and what we had all been hoping that they could do. Yeah, that sounds really special and very touching. I also saw a picture of you with your daughter standing in, I think, your living room. Both of you standing up watching a Bucks game intensely. Is she old enough to have started watching basketball now? And is she on the road to becoming a third generation Bucks fan as well? She's she's definitely on the road to being a Bucks fan. She at this point she only really knows Giannis, and so she'll just ask me like, "Where's Giannis? Where's Giannis?" When any basketball game is on. So if it's not a Bucks game, I have to explain to her that you know Giannis is not in every basketball game, which I think she now understands. She's three and a half, um, but yeah, she's she just kind of understands obviously my emotional connection to it. And um, we were watching that game. I think that I'm, I'm trying to remember now like which game that was. I think it was game four, maybe. So yeah, I think. Maybe at times I, I feel like maybe it isn't the best idea to have her be around me while I'm going insane watching basketball games. But um, my wife tries to keep me in line. And I guess, you know, she, she won't know the suffering that I've known, given the fact that she's now at least somewhat aware of them and they've now won a championship. So, so yeah, I, I had to explain to her why, why I left because that was the first time, first real trip I've made without her and, uh, you know, since the pandemic started. So I 
explained to her that I went to her grandparents' house and we went to see Giannis play basketball and they won a trophy. So she's excited about that. But um, I'll have to I'll have to get her some more gear. Um, she had some Bucks gear when she was younger, and she's gonna need some gonna need some championship gear here now that uh, now that they won it all. And the last thing I'll ask from you before I let you get back to your celebrations from this finals or from the playoffs, is there one moment or one image that will stick with you for a long time or something that you'll never forget? It's a great question. I mean, you know, the, the series gave us some real highlight iconic moments. And, you know, I, I think back to in particular, the, the Giannis block on Aiton that sealed, uh, I guess it was game four. I mean, that play, I'll never forget. The Drew steal and an alley-oop to Giannis, I, you know, I'll never forget. I you know, feel like I'll always remember the the TV call as, as well. You know, those two plays, I think, will always stand out, you know, the most. But, you know, you go back even through, um, you know, through, through some of the, you know, earlier round games, you know, some of the shots and the two shots in overtime from Giannis and Chris against the Nets in game seven, uh, I'll certainly never forget. And, I watched at like 4 a.m. while I was packing for the airport after game six. I saw the second half on replay on ESPN. I was talking to some friends here in Austin who are from Wisconsin and Bucks fans. I said, okay, we got we just got to have to have like a game six reviewing party at some point here this summer. So um, I'll probably be able to kind of, you know, really remember and reprocess those a bit because there were definitely some plays in the fourth quarter where there was a couple, you know, Giannis jump shots that were big or Chris Middleton hitting those two big shots that, you know, again, I'll probably just will be forever sealed in my memory. But, you know, I, I was watching some some video of, I saw a couple things today. It was like a clip of all of Drew Holiday's like best defensive plays in the playoffs. Another one of like all of Chris Middleton's kind of clutch baskets. And I think, I think I saw the stat that he tied LeBron for like the most game tying or shots that put his team in the lead in the fourth quarter during a playoff run. I think it was like 15 and it was like, you know, most since they'd started tracking that. And I watched all these shots and all these steals and it just, you know, it just strikes you how, you know, if he misses any of those shots, do the Bucks even make it to the finals? <laughs> do they win the finals? Luck is often talked about with like you know the injuries, and obviously, I think both the Suns and Bucks had luck in terms of other teams having some injuries, especially the Nets and, and the Lakers. You know, just kind of it, it just reminds you how often a, a, any game of basketball it, it comes down to a, a couple minutes, a run, a couple shots go in versus go out. There is so much kind of chaos and randomness to this game, and I think sometimes we talk about it like you know, very deterministically mm-hmm. and it's, it's not. And again, I think in, in some ways I, I just sort of really came to appreciate when, when your team wins, you can appreciate that there's kind of a beauty in the chaos and, you know, the things that had to go right to get you to that end goal. It takes guys just at the end of the day, just making plays rather than missing. And you don't necessarily always appreciate it until you go back and you see how many specific things actually had to happen or and go your way to, to get to, to where you wanted to be. So, so yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm going to be probably scouring YouTube and be as a kid, like, you know, the, the, the championship DVDs were always like a big thing. And I always wish my teams would have the, have those cause we didn't tend to win championships. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if they make still make championship DVDs anymore. Um, maybe just YouTube mixes. Uh, but, but I'll be certainly kind of soaking up all that type of stuff all summer. And, you know, again, I think for, for everybody who, who's been fortunate enough to have a team, you know, win you know, NBA fans, win and see their team win an NBA championship, it's it's just the best feeling as a fan. And, you know, I don't know, ask me in a couple of years, you know, if the Bucks don't win any more championships, sort of how I've processed, you know, inevitable failures that will come after it. But, uh, you know, I think Giannis even talked about it, like 
you know, once you win a championship, they can never take it away from you. And it's just a, an awesome feeling when you think about his legacy, but also just the legacy of, of the players and the franchise, you know, it just feels like such a relief and, and such an exhilarating thing to see. But, you know, I think it's something we'll certainly Milwaukee and Bucks fans will look back fondly on for decades, you know, as, as long as people can remember it. And I think for most of us, we'll, it certainly was a, a night and a, and a, and a run that, that we'll never forget. Thank you, Frank, for taking us through your experience and all your emotions. It's not hyperbole to say that this was a real absolute pleasure to hear from you after this win, and congrats again. Thanks, Lauren. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more show. Joel, I'm really glad we could set this up. It was from what I hear, a fascinating and exciting parade to cap off an unforgettable Milwaukee Bucks season and postseason. Let's get into it. If you can walk us through the parade from your perspective, you had the pleasure of attending and you can go as specific as you'd like. We'd love to hear really anything you want to share and then also touch upon the highlights if you can for me too. Absolutely. Aaron, thanks for having me. Um, The parade, oh man, it was a celebration, man. I mean, you had to get down there early. So we got down there early around eight o'clock. The parade was at 11, you know, that's when they said, but they didn't really start until 1130. You know how some NBA games don't start on time. So the parade doesn't start on time either. So they're coming through our mascot, Bangle, comes through first in the fire truck. You can see just a sea of people on both sides. The music is going. They got confetti that, you know, uh, pops out. Bango is throwing T-shirts to the crowd. Everyone's yelling. It is a great time. And then they had more buses come. The workers there and everybody's having a great time. It's nothing like I've ever experienced. Just everybody so happy and just living in the moment. Just a quick question. Where are you at this time? So what they did is they cut off uh, the street, you know, and we're right up to the gate. They put the gates in front, you know, so we're right up to the gate and we are right in. We're kind of like in the start, like the beginning of the parade so we got the full show you know i don't know if you guys know but brendan jennings he had said bucks and six and that's kind of like been our culture so i'm standing right by brendan jennings as he's going through he's having a good time chugging beers he signed a jersey that said bucks and six and he's just (laughs) drinking and it's just a great time everyone's chanting bucks and six and then that car, you know, goes by and then there's more cars that come. But my favorite from the parade had to be P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker was the livest guy on the team. Now, other buses, you can see the players, you know, they're just more relieved, more relaxed. They had their family with them, you know, which which is good. But P.J. Tucker was just on another level. One of the guys that I was by, he threw P.J. a uh, a beer, a cold one, and <laughs> P.J. grabs it and with his left hand. In his right hand, he has this big bottle of Ace of Spades champagne. 
<laughs> so he grabs, he cranks that beer open and just chugs it. And all of it didn't get in his mouth. But, you know, it, it was just great entertainment. Um, and then we have this chant now that we, we love Bobby, uh, Bobby Portis. And we have this chant to where we go, Bobby. Bobby, Bobby, and he gets hype off of that. He's the people's champ. He had this WWE belt, and he held it up to the crowd, you know, a lot of the times, and then everybody's just chanting, Bobby, Bobby. I have a question for you. When did that chant start? We heard it at the end of Game 6 when uh, Malika Andrews was interviewing various players after the game, but did it start this season in the playoffs? I believe it started um, in the playoffs. Um, Actually, Bobby wasn't playing as much in like the first round against Miami or even the second round against the Nets. But I believe it started in the Hawks series. That makes Um, sense. Yep. He just brings a lot of energy, man. Mm -hmm. We love Bobby here. He's the people's champ. (laughs) He's definitely the people's champ. Also on a team with, with sometimes not a lot of depth in this postseason with the Dante DiVincenzo injury and, and everything. Yeah. And Teague not really being able to get that many minutes and uh, Bryn Forbes too undersized to get finals run time. Mm-hmm. Portis was huge off the bench. Just gives them height, the great rebounder. He stretches the floor from beyond the three-point arc. Just such a phenomenal piece for this championship team. Yeah, Bobby is a three-level score off the bench. There's not many three-level scores off the bench. Like you were saying, Aaron, he can shoot the three. He can shoot the mid-range shot. He can post you up. He can rebound as well. Defense, he's a little, you know, uneasy, but, you know, he can still get the job done. But, yeah, after that parade, you know, everybody goes through, um, and actually, Thanasis Antetokounmpo, uh, Giannis' older brother, he was hit with the health and safety protocol. So right. they had him in a car by himself, and he's driving, and with the windows up and everything, and everybody was cheering for him as well. So it was a great, great time. Didn't Giannis join him too at one point? Um, I think Giannis stood on his uh the car that he was driving at one point, but that was over at the viewing party. So after the oh. parade, our plan was to start or be where the parade is going to start. So then we can walk over to the viewing party as, you know, the parade is still going on to get a nice seat, you know, or a nice stand uh for the viewing party. So after the parade, we go to the viewing party. And that's where the, you know, the party started. Zora Stevenson interviewing the players and just a lot. It's just a good time, man. And also, I want to just add this last point, which was really neat. Um, So at the end of the viewing party, they're interviewing everyone and we're actually leaving. Everybody's leaving. And then the announcer guy goes, wait, wait, wait. We have. And this is. Oh, man, a sea of people, you know, just leaving. So after uh, the announcer's like, yo, wait, wait, wait. Ben, you know, he's our guy that sung the national anthem for us every playoff game, every home playoff game. So what he did was he did his own 
version of We Are the Champions, that song. So everybody turns and look, you know, to see what the announcer was talking about. It's Ben singing We Are the Champions. It was like picture perfect. And as he's singing that, we get fireworks coming from up top of the Fiserv Forum. So we are the champions going. We got fireworks going. We got a sea of people chanting and having a good time. It was it was amazing, man. That sounds amazing and it has to feel surreal. It's the first championship in 50 years mm-hmm. for this franchise. Giannis drops 50 in yeah. Game 6, the clincher. He gets 50 nuggets after yeah. after the game. <laughs> yeah. 50-50. What is it? Lemonade and Sprite? Lemonade and Sprite. Yeah. Now promotion, I guess, at Chick-fil-A. Um, but also, we're in a pandemic still, and mm-hmm. his brother has COVID, who's on the team. Just so many things that just have to feel like, is this real? Yeah. Did you have to pinch yourself at some point? Yeah, after because I was actually inside the game, game six. Um, so I purchased my tickets before the finals even started, which is very smart. I really recommend it. Um, but yeah, I was inside the building. Man, it was so electric. It was the loudest I've ever heard any sporting event. And when Giannis actually won that, when Adam Silver, you know, said Giannis won that finals MVP. It was the loudest thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, we're so happy to have him. You know, we groomed him. You know, we there's a lot of stories about Giannis around Milwaukee. A lot of them. Yeah. I've been reading a lot of the good stuff, too. Eric Name, who was a previous guest on our podcast a couple times, he wrote something for The Athletic and did another piece with Sam Amick that was really good. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put you on the spot, but I have a strong feeling that you'll have an answer for this. If you had to pinpoint your favorite play from these playoffs, what would it be? Okay. From Giannis or just the whole team? The whole team. Okay. And I I have a guess. I think it's going to be one of two that I have in mind. I'm curious what you're going to say. It has to be the value. Um that's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> yeah. It has to be the value. I mean, that just shows, like, Drew Holiday is, he put on a defensive clinic. I, I've never seen a guard play as well as him uh, defensively. Like, defensively, he is amazing. But him taking that ball in crunch time from Devin Booker and then just having the confidence. I mean, I guess Giannis is on the other end. But – um, it still takes was- serious guts, though, to throw that where you're up by one and you could run clock. And exactly. in retrospect, it was a perfect decision. But boy, does it take guts there. Exactly. And that's what I was thinking. Like, it takes a lot of guts to throw that. You could have just ran the clock out a little bit more. But he threw it to Giannis. Giannis dunked it. And oh, man, that play right there was I was on the couch and um uh, I, I jumped off the couch and it was it was ridiculous. It was it, it that was definitely my favorite play. Even though Giannis can jump through the ceiling, it still has to be placed really well. And I just for me that was my favorite because of the completeness of the play. Mm-hmm. It started with Drew getting in there. He perfectly timed that Devin Booker spin. Yep. Rips it out of his hands. 
and then um, runs up court. The other one that I thought was possible that you might pick was the alley-oop block from oh, Giannis. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we're all spoiled. We know that Giannis, it's in his nickname. He's a freak. We know <laughs> that he can run from the top of the key and block a seven-footer all in one fell swoop. So it's not really fair to Giannis, but it's just less surprising, I think, when he does ridiculous stuff like that. Yeah, we've seen that all year long for the past two to three years, man. But um, not anything like this. That's true. I don't know if there's another player in the league that can make that kind of read and react kind of play to cover the ball handler, Devin Booker, and see when the ball actually like turns his hand. I know Giannis was explaining it, but how he turned his hand looked like it was alley-oop. And then to get back to that alley-oop before it gets there, it's just a ridiculous play. Um, but yeah, you said it better. Giannis, he's, he's the freak, you know, and uh, he's he's definitely one of a kind. Definitely one of a kind. And it's not just athleticism, it's intelligence too. He's mm-hmm. really progressed on, on court basketball IQ over his time in Milwaukee. Always been a smart player, but it seems like he's getting better and better in that respect. And he made his free throws, 17 yeah. and 19 from the line. I don't know if they win that game if he doesn't make close to that percentage. Yeah, free throws for Giannis um, from a Bucks fan. We don't it's a have progress, right? Yeah, it's pretty like um, it's not good. We we don't have a lot of faith, but when it does go down, you know, um, we love it because I mean, seventeen to nineteen. I don't think he's ever done that, you know, uh, that I remember. But seventeen nineteen. And then scoring half of a century, like that's in a closeout game. Like, this is big. Yeah, Frank Madden said this in the interview that we're pairing with yours. If he had to write a script, he would think it was too far-fetched. He wouldn't even say 50. Yeah. You can't even draw this up. It's crazy. Giannis is 26 years old, and he has pretty much every individual accolade that you – like what's – next for i just hope he doesn't lose that you know that uh hunger i I still need that mean mug and you know i need him to want more and more and more so yeah definitely it's been a pleasure i'm gonna let you get out of here but i did want to close on a question about the parade i want to hear what your favorite moment from Giannis was at the parade or drew holiday or chris middleton any of those if you'd like to pick Drew Holiday, for me, I've been saying for years, is the most underrated player yep. in the NBA. I might have to pick someone else now that he's gotten this <laughs> finals championship exposure. And then Chris Middleton, you just have to be so happy for that pairing. They've been together for the last eight years and yeah. finally have gotten to the promised land. What did you see special from those guys at the parade that you'll possibly never forget? Um, just them being more relaxed. I mean, you really only see them on the court, you know, a lot. Um, and they're just more focused and, and, and intense. And, but seeing them in the parade, like around their family, they're more relaxed and just kind of like a sigh of relief. Like you can just tell on all of them, Drew, Giannis, uh, Chris, all, all of them were just 
like, oh man, we did it. You know, it's, it's, it's a relief. But my favorite moment has to come from uh, Giannis when somebody had threw him the ball and then he act like he was <laughs> shooting a free throw. You know, there's a joke going around that Giannis takes a long time shooting his free throws, which he does. And we don't <laughs> understand it as Bucks fans, but yeah, so what he does is he grabs the ball and he acts like he's going to shoot and then he holds the ball for a long time, you know, kind of like mocking everyone saying like he takes very long to shoot and then he actually like shoots it. So that was a really cool moment. Like he can laugh at himself kind of deal, you know, and you can tell yeah. he was just loose. Yeah, I just love that. That's one thing I found really refreshing about Giannis is he's a superstar who has a sense of humor. He's not afraid to joke around and say ridiculous or silly things sometimes. I find him to be more relatable than a lot of the NBA stars. Yep. I'll let you go. It was a pleasure. Thank you for sharing this snippet of your Thursday. I'm sure it's been a whirlwind with the Bucks clinching the championship on Tuesday, parade Thursday. We're talking on Saturday. Hopefully you can get some sleep and just just relax and enjoy this until yeah. next year. Yeah, I haven't gotten a lot of sleep, but thank you, uh, Aaron. Um, thank you for having me. Really appreciate it.